Ladies and gentlemen, Cut from the Club by Angela and Tiggy. So that's progress. Me? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Good. How is Tiggy? <laughs> Are you saying it because he's been, still need to figure out who's who? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. These past several, several weeks have just been like very draining and really? the, you know, like very like you know, depleting but we move that doesn't fix everything it doesn't it doesn't at all but it's getting better so literally diaspora motto <laughs> okay well yeah so today Paul. wait 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 i want to thank everybody who's been listening to our podcast this uh, yes 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 it's been a long stretch and you know what i realized we're all in a totally different phase, as in not only like the people that are listening, but also like us. I think we collectively, we're all in this phase of like, fuck, like we're working, life is harder, like trying to get the energy to just like, ha- like go to work and also live your life. So the fact that you guys squeeze in listening to the podcast, is like, mwah, chef's. If I could give you guys a hug, I will. Group hug. So thanks for the feedback and stuff. Yeah, Even we really- if there were like two people listening, that's really like, that's love. It's okay. Quant, you know, quality over quantity. Definitely. That's, you know, that's love. And I was listening to earlier episodes of our podcast and I was like, wow, I'm so different now. Like, mm-hmm. 
like the screaming has gone down by 50% at least. <laughs> and I just feel like maybe like 20%. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. It depends on what days you catch me. That's fair. But I also get nervous sometimes because I'm just like, are people expecting me to be hype all the time? Because yeah. I feel like as I get older, a lot of me being hype is actually placed with me being like, wait, and just thinking for <laughs> being like, did I forget something? Do I need to do this? Damn, I have so much shit to do this week. So like, you know, I hope everybody's staying zen, has a beautiful rest of the week, you know, especially during these colder months. Ooh. These colder months yeah. smacking you in the face, in the ass. Okay. Back to the back to the back to the point of this episode. Yeah. Oh. So the point of so the episode today's topic is something that I've always been a little like, you know, try to like tiptoe around, but the topic is religion. Um, it could be a conversation, a topic that is, you know, very taboo, you know, depending on who you're having the conversation with. Um, but again, I think it'll be an interesting conversation just because Angela and I were coming at the conversation, you know, with a different, different faith and religion background. That's true. Um, so I can start off the episode. I can start off with a question yeah. or a question that you want to talk. Oh, wait, first of all, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. It's 2019 and some folks still do not know this and it's really sad that I have to say this. So as you all know, or you might not know, I am Muslim and I just want people to understand that the religion Islam is not synonymous to erase. Just, just throwing it out there. If right. you honestly have any concerns or questions, Hit me up on Instagram. Call me, beat me. Or call me, beat me if you want to reach me. If you have my number, we can hash it out. Yes. Um, <laughs> hash it out. Because it's kind of bugs. Drag them, sis. If you have a concern with that, then that's something we need to hash out. But I'm just putting that just I'm just putting that out there before we kind of start into it. Honestly, um, we're in America, and I think that's a really important disclaimer because it seems like a lot of people don't even know the differences between what it means to be part of a race and have a certain faith and be part of both. So, very important disclaimer. Totally back that 100%. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think it's also important to know that everybody's experiences with their faith aren't going to be the same as yours. So a lot of people might listen to this thinking, oh, Tiggy's Muslim, she might have the exact same types of beliefs or types of habits as I do. You might be a little off. Or you might think, oh, Angela comes from, you know, a variety of Christian backgrounds. She probably does X, Y, Z just like me. You're probably, especially me, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Remember that narrative that I kept saying, you know, work in progress, work in progress. This is very relevant to today's episode, all right? I'm speaking, to, you know, on my behalf, this is like extreme. Bold, 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 emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. But yeah, I just want to put that out there just because relatively we are young. And I think having, being of a certain faith is a journey. 
like a literal work in progress. Like preachers preach about this. A lot of people say this. Like it is a work in progress. It's not something you just want and done. With. <sighs> okay. What is your relationship? Oh, we're starting. Now, like what is your relationship with your religion? Um, how, what is it like now compared to how it was, let's say five years ago? I'm old. I was only, I was 19 five years ago. Okay. And then also, what faith do you follow? So my relationship with my faith, I grew up Christian, like back in the olden Germany days before we even moved to the U.S. My mom was Methodist. She grew up Methodist. There was a small Ghanaian community and they went to, we went to like a local Methodist church and we all like, so like, you know, did our worship there every Sunday and like whatever else other programs or um, stuff was going on with church as a community. And then when I moved to the US, um, I was for a little bit, for a while I was just with my dad and our local church was a black Baptist church, an African-American Baptist church, which I still, which I frequented from that point on. Between the point where like, my mom and brother moved from Germany to like live with us and we all you know lived as a family here in the US. We like for some time would be at African churches. Um, and I don't even know what denomination. I'm guessing a lot of Ghanaian churches are either Pentecostal or what's the other one? Presbyterian. Um, so that there would be a lot of Presby churches or Pentecostal. All these denominations are filed under, um, what's it called? Protestant. So like, I feel like the easiest way to sum it up, the easiest way I sum it up in my head is like, there's Christianity and then there's two different sections, Catholic and Protestant. And then Catholic is just, you know, Catholic. And then under Protestant, there's like a bunch of denominations. Um, and the, the difference between the denominations is like they do, different, they do different shit traditionally. They might take communion at the beginning of the month or the end of the month. They might not baptize you until you're a certain age or they baptize you when you're a baby. So I was baptized when I was a baby because that's how Methodists do it. And then I was also baptized when I was like 14 because at the African-American church that we still frequent sometimes, but we frequented more um, when I was like growing up here in Jersey. Um, Baptists, they, they baptize you when you like um, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, like uh, um, from your own will. So between that time, like before we even moved to the township we currently are in Ewing, we frequented, we frequented some um, African churches, like I said, and that experience was um, much more <clears throat> drama filled in terms of just like how the church as a community behave. The way that I realized the difference in a lot in my experience with African churches is like they, as a community, they function more as like people who know each other personally, almost like family. There will be a lot of people who are like familial in there. And it's like drama filled, a lot of soliciting sometimes, and then a lot of prosperity preaching where they try to get people to like give mass amounts of money in terms of like, in return for blessings from God. Um, from members of the church and it's just like my parents were just not comfortable with that plus the drama so then we permanently started going to the African-American Baptist Church which is a great experience 
if you know about a Baptist church, they have, always have great music. The pastors can be entertaining as hell. But in my personal experience with that church, because I know there are still some Black people in the U.S. who will have a bad relationship with their church, that church has always been great to me. My relationship with my faith, however, has been super rocky. Um, five years ago, 19, I, it was like, what, a year after I started Judith. Was that my freshman year? Wow, I'm so old. But five years ago, I feel like there was, honestly, I was in a very like, I don't know what the fuck is going on space in terms of like my first two years at GW. And so a lot of times when I'm that stressed about life, sometimes the, f the last thing I'm thinking about is running to God. I feel like I used to do that a lot more when I was younger, like middle school. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, like middle school. I remember I used to be like, I don't like to talk about this, but I used to have a really like, in terms of self-esteem and just like my personal faith in God, I've always been a type of person to question God. Like since young, my mom will tell you stories about how I always was like, why would God send the devil to earth? Like, what was the point if he loved us? There's just a lot of questions I always had. So growing up in terms of like preteen years and adolescence, I was like very depressed. And my depression would, my depression would kind of like heighten when I wanted to be like, wanted some answers in my personal life. And I felt like, well, I'm supposed to be talking to God, but I don't even know if he's there. Um, I don't know what a response looks or sounds like. I don't know like what I'm supposed to be looking for. And like, it was therapeutic to talk, to just say things out loud in prayer and talking to God as if he was like a friend or a person. But then I realized it wasn't enough for me. Like the more I grew up, I realized being able to say these things out loud and talk to God um, wasn't like, it wasn't enough. Like I wanted actual answers. I wanted actual change. And like a lot of times I talk to people who are very well and deep, deep in their faith. And they're like, well, you have to have patience. You have to, but I think it's either, I just don't have enough patience or I just don't have um, like enough, faith in my faith. I don't know if that makes sense. But like, I wasn't totally sold on a lot of things. Like there's so much thing, so many things I learned about um, the, the way God would just be spoken about and I read about in terms of Bible stories that I was just like, I need more clarity on as to why this was done this way and how this relates to my life currently. And I just didn't get that. And I still kind of don't actually. I think for me, what I do have now in difference of like me five years ago or even earlier than that is I do have more patience. I realize a lot of things now are just kind of like half, just have like be optimistic and see. Um, I used to pray much more. I feel like I don't anymore. And that's more because I think I'm, I mean, in terms of my, like the church I go to, they always preach like faith without works is, is like null, is dead, right? So I always felt like I need to be doing my part in terms of working for what I want before I can even ask God to help me in getting those things. And it's very backwards, I guess. But at the same time, I always felt like I don't want, I have this relationship with God and faith still where I'm actually like, still learning not to think of asking for God for things and expecting them right 
the way I want them to right away. Like when I pray, I'm like, okay, well, you know how much I need this. You know that I have faith supposedly at this moment, at least. And so I just expect it. And I don't really, I don't really know how to like separate. Um, like, I don't know how to be okay with the fact that I'll pray for something. I'll pray for peace. I'll pray for whatever I need in my life. And I might not get it. Then I, then in my head, I'm like, well, then what's the point of me talking to you? You know what I mean? And so I think for me also, I've also had a question really quickly. So I thought that, that you saying that when you're going, like you going to, and correct me if I'm wrong as well, but you going to God, you know, for help. And you're like, what's the point if it may not happen? And then, but you previously said before that you wouldn't go to God if you had problems. Like it wouldn't be your go-to. So do you feel as if, I, I, I like the more I grew up, the more God stopped being my go-to. It was more like second or third stop. Like I, yeah, I don't know if that, I don't know, you didn't complete your question, sorry. No, 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 I was just like trying to like clarify because it's just interesting that it was like, there was like this expectant. Expect yeah, I think because I don't have a good relationship in terms of my, the way I expect things to happen versus how they're actually supposed like the way I feel like everyone else has this good understanding of the fact that they will talk to God and things might not work out the way you do. And they'll be like, and that's fine. God's, you know, timing and God's whatever wants for you are the best. Right. And in my head, I don't really have a good grasp of that yet. Like I still am just like, why can't it just go the way that I want? So what I'm basically trying to say is I'm still learning to have faith. Um, I'm still learning what it means to be of a faith. I've always respected. I've always, I've always loved what going to church did for me. The, the practice of going gave me a lot of like, um, it gave me some like a routine that allowed me to kind of keep seeing him. I think the less I've gone to church, the less I've gone to a place where God is the center and the focus. Um, and sometimes that doesn't even mean physically going, just listening to a sermon, opening my Bible, the less I feel attached to him. So, and I think that I don't know how much I like the relationship of me only knowing God when I don't open a Bible or don't go to church. I think for me, I yearn for something that's just like, I wanna feel super attached to him even when it's just me and him or when I'm not able to go for a month or I like just don't have time or whatever. Cause that's what I find myself, like find happening a lot, especially this past year where I'm trying to just stay on my feet for a while just so that I can get back to other routines that I used to like. Like I love going to church. I think my biggest mentor has always been my youth pastor um, shout out to Christy Adams. She's coming out with a book called Parable of the Brown Girls. Check it out. But anyway. She's actually such a sweet and genuine person as well. She's really amazing. Like outside of, cause she is a pastor, but she likes to like make it a point to like separate her self from the idea and her job. And she just loves doing work for like her community and black and brown people. But I think for me, like I, I think that's what, but I think the fact that I'm just so like still learning my faith and learning how to have faith in my faith and like patience and like 
um, establishing a routine, because I do understand the backwardsness of me expecting a strong relationship and not talking to him. But I think that's what's annoying me is because sometimes I just won't have time and I expect to still feel the presence of something like existential and something covering or something looking out for me, regardless of the fact that I haven't opened the Bible in a couple of weeks, you know? And I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that that's not how it works, but because this, my life recently has been so up and down that I'm just kind of like, I'll get back to that later. And I think I've been saying, I'll get back to that later to God for a good two years. Like, it's just been like religion and faith for me, unless something is like smacking me in the face, whether it's tragedy or death or like somebody's, my friend is going through something where I'll pray for them, of course. Other than that, for my personal self, it's always been on the back burner for at least the past maybe year and a half, I'd say, two years, year and a half. So I've, because of this, I've always respected people who are around my age or older who have a strong relationship with God still, um, whatever faith they follow, just because I know how hard it is. I think as much as I was like so tied up in figuring out if God even exists as a, as a child, I was dedicated to finding that, that out. I was dedicated to, you know, talking to him and seeing if he's real. Now that I'm older, I feel like I don't even, I don't have that much fire in me to even be like, you know, where is God? I'm just like, a lot of times it's like, if you want to show up, you can show up. If you're not, if you're there, <laughs> that's literally how I feel sometimes. And sometimes like when I'm very much like in my own solitude, I'm just like, I feel it a little bit. I feel his presence. I feel a little, a little bit there. But I think um, people, this is why I love going to church, is that people my age or older who like are able to preach God with such conviction and confidence um, and preach like the, their faith inspire me because I feel like, okay, maybe there's hope, you know? Something is obviously there. If somebody can have that much faith to be a pastor and be preaching and have this be their work and their life's work to be committed to a community. Like, so I've never really completely let go of my faith in God. I think it's something that I'm still gonna work on for sure. I think for me, I just don't know where to begin. Sometimes you just, life gets so crazy that when you wanna pick it back up, you're not sure where to start. So that's, the long-winded version of my life is a fucking mess. <laughs> you mentioned going to, like switching to an African-American church. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel out of place? Because I know like with the church, especially in African-American culture, it's a very central part to the identity and the culture, yeah. um, you know, for them. So did you ever, did you ever feel out of place or did you ever even like think it was a thing you know like were you ever aware I of think place in that space yeah luckily for me um the environment that I was in especially younger I had the best of both worlds in terms of like I had African family friends and relatives in that same area and so if we ever even wanted to frequent that church sometimes we visit the African churches but I think what I realized in the African-American church, like in a black Baptist church, I 
I was already engulfed in like black culture. I never really felt, um, I don't think I felt like separated at all. I just felt like I'm like, I have multiple identities. Like I, <laughs> I was just like, I'm African. I also do like the things that you guys like. And culturally, I understand you guys because I watched and, and like engaged in so much of the same type of media. So I always understand or understood cultural references. I had black friends at school. I had um, African family relatives and cousins and stuff. So I never really felt out of place. I think, matter of fact, in African churches, sometimes I feel out of place because as much as I'd be comfortable in the fact that there was culture and it was like very like homey in terms of Ghanians and, you know, they love to like stick their tradition into everything that they do. I realized that it was stripping away a lot from like the point of church, which was like worship and God. Like, yeah, they're very good at worship and like songs and praises and being loud, but I think that there was not, I didn't learn many lessons from my African church versus my, the Black Baptist church that I still go to. Some of my questions. I, okay, my question is, do you believe you could have a stronger relationship with your faith or God? A hundred percent. Like, yeah, I definitely think that. Um, just because, so I would say it was my sophomore year. So just like a quick background, growing up in a Muslim household, my parents weren't super strict when it came to religion. So a lot of the a lot of the things that I've learned about my religion and like the surahs and also the different stories. So surahs are basically, I think, similar to Christianity. I think your verses, scriptures. Yeah. Um, so the way I grew up, you know, just a bit of background. My parents weren't super strict growing up when it came to religion, and in a in a way, I think it's helped me now. Um, but a lot of the things that I've learned about my religion has been, usually I'm back home in Freetown. And in the sense of like actually, you know, taking, I think my first lesson, my first like Arabic lesson was in, um, in Freetown. They do this whole like ceremony where, you know, you have to memorize. I think it's, uh, you have to memorize the alphabet. That's exciting. And me, so I would always have to wake up early in the morning, all the other kids and go and learn. So we have, we have a mosque in our compound and every morning, my, cause my grandfather is actually very religious. So it's just interesting how my parents weren't that religious with me. So that person. Um, every morning I would, um, every morning I would well, they would force me <laughs> to wake up and like memorize the the Quran, memorize Surah, the alphabet. And there's this cute little ceremony. Once you finish, once you've actually memorized it, um, you know, you walk around and you have like this calabash and they give you money. 
and you like you recite it when they ask you to it's like go and then you just you oh, just really so just sad. Sad. So but for me on the other hand i've never been in freetown for a long enough time oh, man. so i think the interest ceremony for me when i had when i learned like <laughs> 10 letters in the alphabet Of course. <laughs> of course. I was really bad at memorizing things when I was, when, um, when they would like call us all up to do that. I used to get so nervous. And like the person who too teaches you the Quran, we call him like Karmoko. So the Karmoko will always have his stick ready whenever you like would, um, you know, wouldn't really, um, you know, you aren't really getting your act together. <laughs> And that, and that was me. I was like the one who was just like, yeah, I mean, I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. Maybe oh I'm my God. Stop. I don't have to memorize anything. But going, <laughs> <laughs> but fast forwarding back to it, um, the fact that my parents weren't super religious with me and my siblings, and also the fact that a lot of most ways, especially in West Africa, the way you are taught the religion, it's through memorization. So I was just like taking in all this information, had to memorize all of these stories because you needed to pray. And I wasn't really understanding exactly what I was reading, what I was reciting, what it meant, um, how it could be used for other occasions. Um, until I would say when you're about 13 years old, 13, yeah, for me, it was like around 13 years old, when I started taking fasting seriously. And that's when I started to become a bit more aware of like, okay, I actually really don't know the context of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take me until sophomore year to make a very intentional, um, intentional act to actually take the time to understand, to understand more about the religion. And that year, it was like 2016, that was definitely the year. and. It, Honestly, it's not even that long ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Was the year I started this podcast. Yeah. That well, summer, then again, fasting. Yes. Everything is coming in full circle. So, so crazy. So, so that summer, that summer was the summer that I was fasting on my own for the first time, like without any family around. And because I was alone and because I was doing it for the first time by myself, like usually you're with people, you're with family. Yeah, so it's easier. And I was in DC for this summer. And because I was alone, it kind of forced me to, willingly as well, like I didn't feel like it was something that I had to do, but I just was really willing to actually learn more about the religion yeah. and about what the, about the stories behind, you know, the surahs as well and the people as well in our, in our Quran. So um, that summer, I was very intentional and I think I made an effort to do it. And it was because, I think it was because it wasn't forced down upon me. You know, when yeah. things are forced down your throat, you know, you tend to like just stray away from it completely. Yes. Because I, because my parents weren't as religious with me, I, I still felt as if there was room for improvement. On the, you know, on the, you know, on the flip side as well, I wish they were a bit more because, you know, the practice of praying five times a day, that's a habit that you need, that needs to be instilled in you, you know, from young, at a young age. So even things like that, like praying on time or even praying five times a day, honestly, like I'm still working on that as well. 
but I would say that um, I would say that I think what was the question? Do you believe you could have a stronger relationship? Oh yes. So that was three years ago, and fast forward to now, um, I'm still learning, and I'm still, and I'm very much so willing to learn more about the religion. Yeah. Because um, I like definitely like fell in love with it, and you know what the religion stands for, and also how it's also shaped me as a person, and I didn't even realize it. So I'm definitely open to learning more because I need to. Yeah. Um, yeah, just based on the fact that I, there's honestly like a lot of uh, room for improvement. And I also came to terms with the fact that, and this is something that I've always believed in, that your relationship with God or your relationship with whatever higher being you choose to put your faith into is very personal um religion you know personal relationship because i've seen especially within you know since within my community of muslims um i've seen that it's a lot of competition of like who's the better muslim and i'm like yeah you know what that's not for me because things like that used to definitely did steer me away from the religion and i think that once we um once I took a step back and made it very intentional and very personal to me and basically what can I do like in my heart, the intentions that I know as pure as they can be to be the best Muslim that I can be. Yeah. And that looks different than yeah. my mom or my cousin. Because again, people that I've seen with religion, people can, people hide behind religion as this guard for them to do all these, these horrible things. Weaponize it. Exactly, you know, behind closed doors. And then, like, I know, I know people personally who wear the hijab, who, um, again, pray five times a day, who almost always outwardly speak, you know, on the religion yet behind closed doors they are doing some very foul things as well so again that relationship that you have with your religion is very very personal i feel yeah. I think at the end of the day it's a good thing it's you it's yeah you. it's literally amongst other things though but essentially yeah i agree because i think it's something that i feel lucky to have learned that your relationship with God is personal and doesn't involve anybody else because people would really use religion to kind of like, I mean, either like cut you and hurt you or push you away entirely. That's how, and I mean, if you look at Christianity as a whole, there's a lot of reason to not be a Christian. I mean, historically, Christianity has been used to start wars historically Christianity has been used as, as an excuse to abuse people. I mean, if you look at the Catholic church, it could almost be considered a cult a lot, a lot of the ways that priests abuse the young boys of the church and how many stories of people there are of them completely being atheists or agnostic or not ever frequenting a church or stepping into a church again, just because how they've been treated. So I think if you step away from your personal relationship if you don't have if you if you have one and 
just in general, if you don't have one and you see how religion can tear people apart, I feel like a lot of times there's so much greater reason to kind of just step back and be like, you know what, I'm going to separate myself from, from this, from this narrative of what it is and just make it more, you know how people say I'm more spiritual, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And that, that, I think that's where a lot of that stems from because if you look at religion by yeah, it's, it's a very, it's sometimes it can be just organized cult behavior. (laughs) If you look, if you don't, if you know, you can easily join the wrong community and join the wrong church or um, be in the wrong crowd. And then all of a sudden you're just like, fuck this. Like religion is not like, you guys are supposed to be a love. You guys are supposed to be a community. I'm supposed to feel welcome. I feel none of those things. I feel worse. I've heard a lot of people say that. And so I think a relationship with God, like a personal one where you just like, you know, God knows you on a different level than in terms of just knowing you as, as a general public part of, or a general part of the community is important. I have another question. Do you care if your children were not to be of the same faith? So I think about this all the time, especially because the people who I meet, who I interact with are Christian or not Muslim and even in the romantic sense as well. So that thought has always you know, crossed my mind. And of course I would want my kids, you know, to, to at least be open to the idea of learning more about Islam. Sometimes, and I don't, and it may just be like a generational thing, but sometimes I feel as if people think that Islam is a, is a religion that requires a lot of effort because you know we pray five times a day we fast multiple times during the year there are a lot of you know restrictions that we also you know have when it comes to our day-to-day and I think sometimes that also deters people away from learning more about the religion and that it's like a very like strict religion that is also very oppressive and (laughs) also the global like right of it it's totally right and a little racist but for sure um a lot racist rather (laughs) depending on which part of the world the religion too like i've also Mm -hmm. experienced me experienced someone approaching me as because people don't people never assume that i'm muslim yeah i think i'm black too because i don't you know i don't wear the hijab it's something that i realized watching some random documentary there's a lot of muslims who just don't consider african muslims or yeah. black muslims as real they're not legitimate enough and i was like what a mind fuck like what a mind fuck because i was like yeah. people, people don't understand that islam is not yeah. a race but the thing is, that is, it's true that, that those ideals are racist in itself. For you to not think that Black Muslims are legitimate enough, like, so the only people that are legitimate, even if they are converting, are the ones that are not Black. And that's, like, fucked up, like, <laughs> if you think about it. So, wow. Yeah, I, I experienced that at, like, um, 
at my at Unearth undergrads uh, Muslim Student Association. Really? Yeah, they came and they were like, "What? You're Muslim?" I was like, "Get the fuck!" Probably so as well. Bitch! Wow. Okay. Muslim. I would have been like, "No, I'm just here for food and drinks." Everyone just relax. <laughs> just relax. No, I didn't go again, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. But going back to the children, I'd want them to be open. But I, you know, um, I can't necessarily, again, within Islam, it is written. It's something that we believe in very heavily in terms of like, it, it's our, like your destiny is already written for you and that their destiny is already written for them. So I won't be able to control it at all, but I would be hopeful if they were to at least be open to do the you, idea of learning about the religion. Do you think if you were to take the same approach as your parents, where you're just not forceful, that they would eventually mm-hmm. just like see the genuine purity of the religion and the goodness that comes from it and what it's done for you? Do you think that will be enough? Just like it was enough? That's a good question. And I don't think so because I feel as there are some times where I feel, felt as if I was playing catch up and when I'd want to like talk to my parents about certain things about the religion, they didn't really have the answers. And again, it's because it's because that when they were growing up, similar to how I was growing up learning the Quran, it was all about just memorizing the surahs. Mm-hmm. So they don't really get the surahs, who can recite it, you know, beautifully, who can, who can, you know, um, you know, just like, it was just more, I just felt as if it was a, sometimes a bit like a competitive spirit, but there was not a lot of like time to just take a step back and actually understand yeah. the context, what you're taking in. So in, sen- in the sense of like not pushing it down their throat, I would follow that same approach, but I would want to have honest and open conversations about the religion. I'd want to pick their brain as well in terms of things that like they may have questions about. Question. Um, and I would hope to be that resource for them. Cause I think it, you know, I think it kind of sucks as a parent when your child is coming to you about certain things that they're looking to you for, for guidance and you're not able to provide that support. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, like, that's a pretty sucky feeling. So. I've been there like in some like denominations like growing up we had similar but it wasn't a bigger ceremony it's just like for Sunday school they'll just like for youth service you just all the little kids they go up and they recite the verses they're supposed to remember Mm -hmm. and so like questioning some of the verses my parents would just like laugh it off and I'm just like but this is like a serious question right (laughs) I think it's good to like want to have a relationship where you can answer actual questions Um, um, what about you? Would you be open to your children being of a different faith than you? I think yes, because I, I'm just assuming it's from a standpoint where they are studying the religion and they're seeing like it being something serious for them. I feel like that's the only reason someone would convert in the first place. You're not playing games if you're going to convert or not even like, you know, just stray away from the norm of what you're doing. That's never something to be taken lightly because you're actually taking on a whole new lifestyle. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like if you're that serious about it, first of all, you're definitely of an age where you have to like understand. You're at least older than 18 to be like, okay, like understand how this is going to make my life different. I've done enough research. I want to like 
look further into like converting and da 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 da. Like it's definitely something you'd have to talk about. But I don't think I'd be opposed just because I know how important and how much of an effect faith can have on your actual life and your quality of life. A lot of times when people are not, if you look at the world, people who are not allowed to have, you know, to freely um, worship their faith and are suppressed and are oppressed are miserable. If you look at like recently, I read something about Muslims in China are being like, like freaking <laughs> basically like I was when I was reading I was like this has to be this has to be like fake news because this is insane but the way that they're being persecuted over there the way that I've read stories about them being like harvested for their organs just because you know they don't want them to be Muslim I'm just like but look at the quality of life that you must have you don't even get room to like celebrate or worship yourself as your faith your whole life is spent defending just the freedom of having your faith. And I think it's a privilege a lot of Christians don't really like realize in some areas, like it's very, I think, okay in most places to be Christian, unless you're going to a dominant, like dominantly Muslim country, no one's going to fight you if you're like, I love Jesus Christ, right? No one's like, oh my God, like, are you gonna blow up a plane? No one does that when you're Christian. So I think that if you're going to take a step like that, there's definitely a lot of research and a lot of soul searching that you did. I'm not going to trivialize it. I'm not going to shit on it just because my mom raised me like Christian. Mind you, there's a lot of questions my mom hasn't been able to answer either. So I'm not going to be like, I know all the answers and Christianity is the 100% right way. I think, I think that for me, because I grew up in it, I'm already inclined to find my like, to soul search in Christianity because that's what I've grown to kind of like be curious about and that's what I know the most and that's where I'm comfortable and so I think everybody's has their thing that's for them you know and I think what a lot of parents make a mistake of is raising their children as if they're an extension of them like your child is not just another you like they're your whole different person they're a whole different individual um and I think that people just need to start looking at people that way, but most specifically their children. I know a lot of diaspora parents, they think their children are an extension of them. So, you know, they're forcing them to do all these things and believe all these things that their children are not really sure they're into just because they want them to be a better version of who they are or somebody they couldn't be when they were growing up because they didn't have the resources or the access. But little did you know, like this person has their own hopes and dreams. This person has their own curiosities. And if that includes other religions, like I feel like as long as you do good research, like don't just watch some like conspiracy theory YouTube video and think I'm gonna convert to like Taoism or Judaism, which doesn't even make sense because certain religions you can't even convert to. So I think as long as there's good basis behind it, I don't see where the problem would be. I feel like I've had a few Muslim friends growing up or friends who had at least Muslim background or did some like traditional Muslim things. And I realized a lot of their faith was based on their love for God. And I didn't see a difference in that when it came to Christianity. A lot of the people who were really devout to their faith and I knew that were Christians, they just had a huge love for God. Like they didn't really like crunch down on what you did in terms of habits and traditionally like, 
I think that people get lost in that a lot because you get lost in what you're not supposed to do and who you're not supposed to talk to, what you're not supposed to wear, what you're not supposed to eat, but the basis of religion is supposed to be love. A lot of people are missing the part where you're supposed to be kind to your neighbor. You're supposed to be loving to people who don't look like you, loving to people who are not the same faith as you. You are missing that whole big point of being religious is supposed to be a warm hug, basically. And you're just like a cold bitch your whole life, but you like, I don't know, you go to fucking synagogue or you wear your hijab or you go to fucking choir practice, but you're a bitch. What's the point? I don't know. I think it just has to be based off of like genuine love. Yeah. Meeks. Okay, I have a question. Um, what's the one thing you admire about your faith? Just a hard one. One thing I admire about my faith, um, trying to pick. One thing I admire about my faith, honestly, it's been hard to see admirable things about my faith recently, but there are several people who always make me see the good things, one of them being um, the story of forgiveness that comes with Jesus Christ is really like impactful and empowering. It's something that is also very humbling. I think sometimes people go into environments thinking that they're saved and, you know, they have their shoulders up all the way there. And it's like, it kind of makes you realize that you're under the same roof as everybody else that is um, a sinner. And it makes you more introspective. Like, who am I in relation to what God did for me and what God has done for me? I like how reflective it makes me. I like how it makes me, it makes a lot of things feel small. And it kind of gives me like, Sometimes it takes me back to the bigger picture of like what life is supposed to be about. I admire that about my faith. I admire the fact that in my personal experience and my Black Baptist experience, it allowed a lot of people to come together like just in terms of how they praise and worship. So many happy times and moments I remember in like youth service jam is what we called it. And Aww. it was just so, like, so much fun. Like, all the praise dancing, all the talks that we had. Like, there was chapel times where we were just all crying. And we were just, like, what, 13, 14, 15? And we were just having these big revelations and realizing how, like, important it is for us to care about each other and but individually care about ourselves. And it's just, like, it really changed me as a person. So even though... I'm like kind of in the deep end now in terms of like what it means to be of faith. I think those times shaped what it means to be like part of a community. Like I loved going to choir practice. I loved going to jam. I loved like hearing Christy preach, like everything that she preached, she has this gift where she just like brings youth together. She's like, and she doesn't even look her age, but she's significantly older than sometimes, sometimes the crowd that she's preaching to, but somehow she still connects to like a 12 year old. She just gets it. And like everything, the way she talks about 
things and the way she talks to you just makes sense of like the world that you're going through. And it's very hard to relate to everybody's world so different. Like think about how different everybody's life is that you walk past, like totally different. So I think I like those connections that it forced me to have. Like it really forced me to think sometimes. Like I'd be, ex- I remember my mom could tell you, like I was always excited to go to church for you Sunday or for jam because it was just like, I knew it was going to be good. Like I knew the preaching was going to be good. Like I knew I was going to form some good relationship and I knew I was going to be able to, cause I was shy in that church. Like I didn't have friends in that area cause the church is like 35 minutes away. So that's not even like, I'm like near people who could possibly go. Like, I don't know those kids over there. So I was always shy. And by the end of service, I was always just like confident cause I would be able to show my personality a little bit. Cause it was almost like engaging in a classroom setting but like having the free will to just talk about anything. That's what I love most about my faith, I think. You? Thank you. Um, I would say the one thing, one thing that I admire is the room, like the room that the religion gives, the, the room that Islam, gives its followers to improve itself. Like I've probably said this multiple times before and Angela knows this as well, that like Ramadan is my favorite time of the year because it really just helps you take, take a few moments to just really reflect on how you can be a better Muslim. And that process is also very personal and it's meant to be very intentional as well. Um, a lot of self-reflection is done during that point. And another thing that I also really admire about Islam is the tolerance that we have towards non-Muslims, especially in a world where we live in where Islamophobia is at a, you know is at an all-time high. All part. And most people fail to realize that in Islam, the the book of the the Torah and the Bible and the Quran it all originated from one source, and a lot of the stories are very similar. There are also stories within the Bible that the Quran also kind of fills in those gaps for as well. So it's interesting that we like practice this. We practice um, peace because again, Islam um, Islam translates to peace. Yeah, but in in the same vein, our I guess the view that people have is that they are the complete opposite. Yeah, but we're still very tolerant of other of other um, non-Muslims, especially the ones who came from the book, which are the which we consider. Christians and Jews. Yeah, but I think definitely would be the first point that I made as well, being able to to forgive yourself and repent for your sins, especially during the times where we're able to fast and be able to be forgiven, as long as that intention, of course, is pure. And then hospitality and community is such a big thing in Islam yeah during Ramadan you know you have to make sure you're giving you know food out yeah well the less fortunate 
didn't know your income there's a certain percentage depending on how much you make it should also be it's like one of our um like five pillars it should also um be donated as well and i think that kind of speaks to the overall essence of what islam tries to preach on its followers and the believers of the faith yeah i'm still learning and i feel like if you ask this question five years from now the answer may be different or it may just even be expanded upon yeah i think probably for you more so hopefully for me too because i just want to feel grounded enough to explore my faith i feel like right now my faith isn't even part of me but i totally understand where you're coming from i think i've seen islam be from from my personal point of view like be a very like calm personal practice for people i've never experienced anything from people who are of islamic faith to be judgmental towards me i've seen a lot of people be more judgmental just based off ignorance towards people who are across all religions yeah just just because of ignorance but i say that to say that i think people who are christian based faith don't take the time to know other cultures and religions and um, traditions as much as the other cultures know them um because christianity is pop more popular and just more accepted um so i've realized that there is much more patience when it comes to like islamic people being like okay you're not muslim that's cool i think a lot of is christian people as soon as you mention it, like I know for my mom, just because she doesn't know much about other faiths and she's actually very like um, religious, she is like, okay, so like, what do they not eat this? Like, can they not come? Like, are they allowed to celebrate? I'm like, bro, like <laughs> not that different. Like, they just don't go to your church. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a really good point. So what? Okay, I guess I shouldn't ask yet. Do you, do you see your, hmm, how important is it that you date someone of the same faith? Uh, this is always so tricky. <laughs> Only because there are so many, there are so many things at play. One, it's a lot more accepted for a Muslim man to date, marry um a let's say a christian woman um but on the flip side me being a muslim woman dating outside of my religion one that's it, sexist huh that's sexist well okay yeah yeah definitely had a thing but it's not explicitly said in the quran at least to my knowledge, at least the research that I've done before, it basically says that, you know, you can marry someone of the book. It's implied. It's only implied from people's interpretations. Yeah, it sounds like more of a cultural thing. Right. I it was a cultural thing that you wouldn't. It's a cultural thing, but it's widespread. Yeah. Across cultures. So... 
I wouldn't just say it's a certain group of cultures that believe it, it's like pretty widespread. But in the Quran, it says that, um, it says something of the sort where it's you, you can get married to someone of the book, which, it, which are again, Muslims, Jewish people and Christians. And it's, all, it's always something very tricky for me because I know I can coexist um, with someone who is of a Christian or a Jewish background. Jewish. Can you imagine your kids with big ass curly hair? Okay, stop. <laughs> you you already have a big head on top of that. Really, we go in there. I'm glad you finally said it. Just the first thing I should. I said it because I knew you were thinking it. Whatever. I wasn't thinking anything with their hair. That was the last thing in my mind. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Jewish <laughs> people um, have such thick hair. I'm just like, wow. That's like double the experience. Yeah. Um, but I can coexist. To answer your question, I can coexist with someone who is not of the same religion as me. Would that bother you though? It really depends on the partner. Really? What do you mean? Like, if you're not a partner who is very willing and understanding that of the, of me praying five times a day, me going to the masjid, me fasting, and also open to learning about the religion. Because again, people can convert for marriage, but I don't really believe in that just be, unless you genuinely are interested in the religion, but you converting for the sake of just being able to marry someone, I don't really think, I don't really see, um, I don't really see how that can truly be a testament to your love for the religion. Yeah. And sometimes it happens where people end up falling in love with the religion, which is completely fine and that's beautiful, you know, but Converting for the sake of marriage is OD. Hmm? Converting for the sake of marriage seems... what? Because, yeah, what happens when you break... Because I have relatives who they've um, separated from their spouses who weren't of the same religion as them. And guess what? Two months later, they're back to their, their religion that they were before. This sounds like 30 day fiance. <laughs> well, that's a creepers, you know, that's a little bit. You know? <laughs> well, but that's kind of, it's kind of the same yeah. box. Um, but, and then on top of that too, even the children, because so the situation was like someone that I knew, it was a Muslim guy, Christian woman. The mom ended up, you know, the kids ended up staying with the mom. The kids ended up being Christian after separation yeah so again we see that all the time where it's like how fruitful is it for you to convert for the sake of marriage but That's i am open to it just because it depends on my partner and, it, and i can coexist with with them do you think it's something that you would have to talk about if you were to ever get to the point oh my gosh that, yeah like in terms of like, I'm, when I say talk about, I mean like counseling. Cause personally, before uh, I even get like married or think about marriage, I want to be going to like marital counseling. <laughs> like, are you just, just to assess how prepared I am, you, you know? know? You think 
be with that person. Yeah. I think that's so important. Honestly, maybe before I'm even engaged. If I'm, if we yeah. have a conversation. We're engaged, yeah. I mean. Like, we're having conversations about marriage and taking life seriously together. We need to see someone about like, yo, are we ready to get married? Like this together, finances, so, like kids, what if something happens to either of us? You know, like what's important to you? If religion is important to you, like where are we like yeah. dropping that off? Something, well, at least for me, something like religion is something that is, that is really important to me and that's a conversation that we would have like months into dating oh that's not necessarily like okay we're really serious like you know let's yeah about this but like yes. hey this is you know this is what i believe in this is like this is where my faith lies and for marital counseling it's interesting that you say that because abna and i we were talking a couple of days ago about it and i didn't really know that was a thing Oh yeah, it should be more of a thing. Is it more of like? Isn't it more of like a religious thing? Because the the ones that I've the the cases that I've seen of marital counseling have been like a priest or something like that. Yeah, it, it, I think now that I think about it, they have been more based in like the whatever community, like in religion and stuff like that. Like in terms of just your 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 frequented church and their pastor because they offer those services at like their churches like I know my church they offer those services um because if you want that pastor to marry you then like you go through their marriage counseling like Um, but um I think it they definitely are services outside of like those grounds I think they're probably not as frequented just because people don't really feel inclined to they probably don't even know about it, but I think as soon as I learned about it, I was like, oh yeah, for, for, for sure. Because I realized I don't want to ever, I think before you ever make a big commitment like that, you want to make sure that it's solid and it doesn't fall through. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's even like a question. Yeah, I think that for me, that's like putting like a safety lock, another lock on it, and then another lock just to make sure it doesn't fuck up. I'm still trying to understand the point of marital counseling, to be mm-hmm. honest. I don't really know much of it. And yeah, I haven't done much research. That is practice as well. Like, I'm pretty sure it definitely is, but within my culture, I mean, I don't never really like, I don't think I know anyone personally who's gone through. Culturally, they try to pry. I know if like my, like the way Ghanaians, especially Ashanti people or Akan people can do things sometimes, marriage and just an African culture in general across the continent can be very family based. Um, it's more like you're marrying their family. Like I feel like, yeah, I feel like in the United States is the first and only time I hear of people like can just like elope and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like not tell their family they got married. And then it's like, okay, like, it's not like my family would try to murder me if I did that. But I think people making those decisions more personal and less about family is much more of like a Western culture thing in my personal view and opinion. So like sometimes other, like in terms of cultures, African cultures, they'll have the elders intervene and like before you like get married, they sit down with you and blah, blah, blah. So that's like a version of it. But I think for me, I don't even have much research in terms of, I haven't done much research in terms of what I actually like consists like marital counseling, but I know for sure, I've heard stories where people are like, yeah, I really want to marry my fiance. Then we went to marital counseling. I realized he wants to have five kids and I don't want to have any, or I'm like not financially ready to like buy a house and he is. So we're not like financially like ready to be married. And I'm just like, bitch, damn. Like, that's why I don't understand 
the actual point of marital counseling because these are in my head these are conversations you are supposed to be having mm. with your partner like how do you not know like you guys are engaged how do you not know that you how do you not know that your part that your partner is not financially stable you how think how many kids like why does it take you to intervene you would think to have that conversation that's why i'm still like okay what exactly is the point because i'm these are conversations i'm having with my partner right I know that those are some of the basic ones, but I think for me, just, I just like super paranoid about marriage and what it means. So I feel like I'd be taking all the counseling. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, um, and fiance counseling, we're gonna do that. Marital counseling, we're gonna do that. Just to double check, like, do I really wanna do this? I don't know what all, what at all is discussed in there. I feel like I'll probably do more research if I'm ever in a serious relationship. Like, let's even start there, like, let's. <laughs> if I ever get a boyfriend but anyway um that's interesting that you say that I think but I think men I don't find a lot of men that's a lie there's a lot of men who are serious about religion but in terms of like dating someone outside of their religion they're open to that more I think in my experience necessarily like a disconnect if someone is very you know, very, you know, strong in their faith. And then also very, someone who is, who is open to dating or marrying someone who isn't of the same faith. I think, I think those two concepts can definitely coexist, at least personally. But you know how we just said like family, like you're basically marrying a family, especially Mm -hmm. Africans. Like what if he's like, yeah, cool. Don't care. I totally respect you. I got your prayer mat right here. Yeah. <laughs> and then his his mom or his grandmother, who he's really close to, yeah. or their parents are just like, is this over yet? Because they don't really care for you or your religion. Right. Feel, I don't know. I never really. And that's, that. and that's where it's tricky because then yeah. family becomes involved. And when family sometimes becomes involved, and it's, it can get a bit messy. Because I, I, I know that I was talking to one of our friends like well, earlier this year about it. And he was telling me about how he knows someone who, you know, mom is Muslim, dad is Christian, I believe, and how it seems to work out. But I know for a fact that not every not everyone would be sold on my end yeah. of the marriage. And that's something, again, depending on the situation, depending when I get there, depending on when I have someone serious in my life mm-hmm. let's, let's start there you know um I think that conversation could go a multiple different ways just because I know there are lots of people in my family who will not be who will not be <laughs> that way, who will not be stepping foot at that wedding based off of the fact that do you think that bother you it does it does because it bothers me that at the same time the people who would probably do that are the ones who aren't even oh, practicing what they preach so I was just gonna like, say hmm maybe I'm good off of you you be attending the wedding I was just gonna say like who are the people the people who would do that do they care about you more than the religion really is that what we doing now come yeah. on now like what does that say about you you know I feel like you might not be missing anything of those people. exactly <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know what I'm about but yeah, it would definitely be something that, you know, it's, again, at least for me, I feel as if marriage is something that's very 
very precious and I don't want to go through it more than once, you know, like, you know, God willing, but again, I don't really have that control over whether or not that happens or not, but I would, you know, I'd want my family to be there. For sure. Um, it's always, it's always tricky because I, I talk about this with my cousins all the time, especially like people that I dated in the past, whether they're, they're not Muslim, well, none of them were Muslim. What are your, what do your cousins say? Do your cousins date exclusively Muslim? So my, the cousins that, the ones that I'm referring to, yeah, in a way, just because they're around more people, Salon people, they're around more Muslims, I'm not. So by default, they're just, they're not, they're like interacting with it because they're Muslim. So they're always like, Tiggy, why do you get yourself in this situation? Now you're so into deep. Relax. No, no, no. I mean, we respect them though for like bringing it up. I don't know because it's not fair. They're oh. around. They're around people who are by already Muslim, and it's not like they're picking them out of like a fucking haystack. Mm-hmm. The majority of them are, but you're not all the time. You know, so is it really fair yeah, to be like? I've never met a Muslim guy before that you never dated a muslim guy no not at all that's so wild i never even thought of that i think i just assumed you did once not like like, it's so terrible you just refuse to talk about it no it's not even that it's literally not even that i'm like thinking back i mean then again i haven't dated much so (laughs) (laughs) we're we're like literally no we really get on here and talk like real people (laughs) like we really do get on here and act like <laughs> well it's kind of like so so just like eh. <laughs> maybe right so maybe there was a relationship i don't know <laughs> wow maybe i can count that no seriously what a drag because we get on here and act like we date every two seconds we date like one person a year <laughs> like one good relationship one thing that you can call a relationship a year Wow. What about you? Would you be open to dating someone who's not Christian? Hmm. I think I'm in the same position as your cousins, whereas like I'm never around people who are not. (laughs) And that's the plus side for you. Yeah. Like where we live, like we're in the Western, you know, Western world where most people you come across. Yeah. Just by default, they might not even be practicing. They might not own a Bible, but they're probably like, yeah. Definitely gonna get a pastor for our wedding, just because that's like you know their their traditional religion, their background. I've never even thought about this question. I think maybe once, but I never gave it like extensive thought because I'm just like the likelihood of that happening is very slim. Yeah, but it's it's something that I think about all the time. I think that like, would be, will my next partner be of the same religion as me or no? What does that mean? Yeah, Muslim mingle app or something. Well, again, in quote in Islam, dating isn't even really even encouraged. The, what does that even mean? Because how are you supposed to? Oh wait, wait, wait. Is it? <laughs> I'm trying to piece things together. So. Dating isn't encouraged because you're supposed to just get married to who your family tells you to get married to? Traditionally, like, back in the day-day? Or is that why? Mm, yes and no. Not necessarily your... So, 
there's also this sentiment sometimes, and again, it could be very cultural. There's a sentiment that, that you will fall in love with your husband once you get married to them. Oh, um, I've kind of heard something like that before, but yeah. only in arranged marriages. Like, right. So again, it's along those same, you know, that same thing, but you could, like, you could, like, date, but the term dating, you really have to break that down because <laughs> there's, like, a lot of restrictions when it comes to, quote-unquote, dating. Jeez. Yeah. So... Muslim dating apps really aren't a thing. I mean, I've never come across it. I'm not even someone who goes on dating apps in general. Like, I don't do that stuff. So I wouldn't even take that stretch. I've never used a dating app. But I think that's why I asked. Because I was like, there's the, literally a dating app for everything now. There's a dating app for people who... Yeah, like, there's probably one, to be honest. Yeah, but... It's like a halal dating app or something like that. Oh my God, it would be called halal dating. If it's not already called that, you need to create. <laughs> because I was first, I was like, there's literally a dating app for people who are like, who like dogs. Yeah, yeah wow. So I'm just like, where's the Muslim dating app? But if dating is not a thing in your culture or in Islam, then that makes sense as to why there isn't one, you know? Yeah. Okay. Maybe in some way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Questions left? I don't. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. A beans. Nakama, yes. <laughs> What's in the packaging? Why are you doing this? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, brother. My phone's about to die. Oh, no. Charge it? I don't even know what the charge is. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, did you have any more questions, though? Um, I feel like they were, let me double check. I feel like they were answered within conversation yeah you were answered i let me this is gonna be a lot of editing out so i can edit out a lot of that's cool i don't think i've said anything crazy that i need to edit out anyway oh no just in terms of like the breaks that we have yeah oh yeah oh yeah for sure for sure for sure for sure um but I think it'd be interesting to have a conversation with, so growing up in high school, I actually had a lot of Jewish friends. Well, by force, because wow. again. So GW was a breeze for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, GW was like my intro to like Jewish, like kids and culture. Like, I was just like, fuck, yeah. you guys are different. Literally just an extension of. Really? Of I was that. so like, just. I think culture shocked. I was like, wow, okay. No, but some of my closest friends, actually my closest friends in high school were Jewish people. And I think it'd be interesting 
to have some sort of like discussion about different topics, right? And have it all, have us all include their own, in our yeah. like one topic, let's say something about hmm, marriage, something simple as, you know, something as marriage. Yeah. And just to be able to like look at like how we all view that one thing and how it could be different and it could be the same. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what I know they're like with the, the upcoming holidays, like Christmas and that's like coming up for you guys in December and things like that. But again, I think it's also important, especially with everything that's going on right now, for us to be very aware of, of how people move within the spaces of religion. Because mm -hmm. I've definitely learned to appreciate Christianity actually. That's interesting. I went to a church, a black, a Baptist church sophomore year for a project, a semester long project and I was there every Sunday. Oh, lit. And I learned a lot about the religion and the practice, more so the practice of it. And I admired certain things about it as well. And again, I think like being able to just open your mind to other faiths, because that, that doesn't take away from how strongly you believe in your own faith. Oh, for sure. You know, like that same year I was going to the church was the same year I was like very intentional with what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I wanted to move within Islam. Um, that's why, yeah, I totally agree. You just made me think of something. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, no. That's all I really had to, had to say. I think that's why I appreciate my church personally. There's been instances. I mean, the pastor of the church is very involved in the community as a whole, as a state. And so there's been instances where he invites people of different faiths, backgrounds, imams, um, um, different denominations, Catholics to the church. And it's a very like united front of like, let's all see the bigger picture of what it means to like have faith. Like we like denominations and backgrounds, we get wrapped up in tradition. I mean, if you think about fundamentally, it's all about how we traditionally do things. The biggest difference between like Christianity and Islam is the medium, but also everything else is like tradition, like how you do things, like in terms of how you pray, when you pray, what you say, language, it's all tradition. So I think sometimes you can get lost. And I think it made me appreciate the fact that you're not, there's this, this holier than thou attitude that a lot of people can have in their religions. It really is just bullshit and it's nothing. It doesn't really make sense because you're not holier than anyone just because you are different. You're not holier than anyone just because you pray more, just because you frequent church more. Like, it really is about your personal relationship with God. And if you know in your heart that God doesn't even know you like that, you're playing yourself. And I think it made me appreciate other religions the same way. Like, I mean, the, I've appreciated Islam more just because I had a couple Muslim friends growing up and I was like, I didn't even know y'all was different. Until <laughs> so I already like you just because you're my friend and you're a cool person. But I think from a religious standpoint, it just made me look at things differently. I don't think I have any other questions. Um, I, I encourage our listeners to contribute to the conversation around religion and how we treat our neighbors, you know, how we treat people who are of, you know, different faiths. And also I think just, again, 
being open and having honest conversations about certain things, you never know what you could learn about. Yeah. About your faith and about the next person's faith as well. Yeah. I think just like, don't be an asshole. Even if you're not of a certain faith, I think people miss the point of a lot of religion and faith is just to be loving and to love. And like, it's frustrating to see people kind of like Bible bash or shove you in the head with like whatever scriptures they know, but it's like they miss the point. And that's something that has resonated with me a lot lately is like people miss the point when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be doing one-upping each other. This right. is not a basketball game. Like you're just supposed to be loving. And I don't see a lot of that sometimes. So that's what I want to put out there. I think this episode is a wrap. Everybody get your prayer mats. <laughs> Everybody get out your Bibles and your rosemaries. And what do Jewish people have? No, that's um, their Torahs. Mm-hmm. And let's get our religion on. And also, if you don't follow uh, the majority, you know, the of faith, let's get our atheism. <laughs> and I see, I see Angela first as Angela, not as a Christian. That's true. I forget, no offense, but I don't always remember that you're Muslim until you bring it up or until I see you praying or until you see you fasting. Then I'm just like, oh yeah, <laughs> she has a whole religion again. <laughs> I totally forgot. Um, yeah. Um, but we will catch you guys next week. We're slowly getting towards the end of our season. Oh my God. That's really scary. <sighs> um, but thank you guys again for tuning in with us, for rocking with us, for listening to us rant. And don't be afraid to also chime in on the conversation here. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about a lot of stuff that we said. Okay, I'm really glad you guys listened. Like she said, <laughs> make sure you share this episode with your friends. Make sure you rate us on iTunes. Tell us how much you like our podcast. Thank you, please. Or if you listen to it on SoundCloud, you know, leave or Spotify. And if you listen to it on Spotify, like the episode or, you know, save it so you always get like updates or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Toodle. Love you. I feel like I'm a radio host. Huh? I feel like I'm a radio host. I missed it when he used to say, it's Angela Yee. Whatever he used to say, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. Whatever that was. And DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne God. Can't ball in a life, man. Yeah, blessings we are reap and we course in handful. Oh, we not rise and boast. Yeah, we give thanks like we need it the most. We have to give thanks like we really supposed to be thankful. Blessings all for my life and my thank God for the journey, the earnings, and just for the plus. Yeah, my gratitude is a must. Yeah, me see blessings fall by my right hand. What's that to us for the friends that take off? Third, for me, 
thing. And you know it formed up to be a fire thing. Now up on stage with chronic say I sing, yeah, see me all diggy soon, get the eye ring like hello brother. You say I had to shot ya. Saw your poster, spectacular photo. Keep it burning, yes, that's the motto. If me the butter pass through your shot to gamble in a life, man. Me have to thank God for the journey, the earnings are just for the plus. Yeah, and gratitude is a must. Yeah, me see blessings for So I mean to give him the go free I'm in the lies Jano say my passion ignite Got the music me excited I'm coming like a potion mm-hmm. Blessings all for my life on My thank God for the journey The earnings are just for the plus yeah. And gratitude is a must Yeah, me see blessings fall by my right hand Boss a toast for the friends We take off every load one time